look who's coming through the door. I think we've met somewhere before. Hello, love. Hello there. Hello, love. Howdy, 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 howdy. Where in the world have you been so long? I missed you so since you've been gone. Hello, love. Good morning, good buddy. Hello, love. Make yourself feel right at home. I hope you plan on staying long. Come in, love. That is the deal. We hope you stay a while. Come in, Come in sit down, grab a cup of coffee, orange I juice, whatever it is you're drinking. As I always say, if you're coming off third shift, it's okay to have a beer. I don't know. I guess if you're going on first shift, it's you know probably not okay, but maybe you're having a beer. Whatever you're having this morning for your beverage this morning, come and join with us and spend some time. 8.09, 9 after the hour on a cold morning this morning. Still 23 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 22 at the Highlands. 18 in my backyard in Elm Grove. And 21 degrees here at the Watchdog Radio Network studios. We're going to go up to around 45 today. With a mixture of sun and clouds, mostly cloudy day. Uh, tomorrow, pretty much the same, except temperature even warmer, up to around 51, 54 on Wednesday. In the 50s, much of the midweek. Although Thursday, some rain might come in. Uh, listen, this is a great time for you to call us. I have this all the time, Bob. You get the people say, I don't know, when am I supposed to call? They, they call right before a news break, or they call right before we're going to a guest. And I, I feel bad. We have to sometimes say, I'm sorry, we'd love to talk to you, but we can't put you on the air because we have move on to something else so i'm telling you right now for the next 20 minutes or so we do have some time for you to call in now bob and i have some things i want to talk about but this is a good time for you to call 304-232-8255 or text me 304-214-1600 it is president's day and we are talking about presidents your favorite presidents the most popular president who do you think was the best president and whether or not you think your favorite was the best, who's your favorite president? Coming up a little bit later on, we'll talk with Stephen Adams the Ogden newspaper chain. Senator Manchin made it official. He is not going to be on the best president's list because he's not going to run for president. Um, he's been toying with that idea for a while, and he has now done toyed and said, no, I'm not going to do it. We'll talk to Stephen about what that means. Donald Trump has to pay huge fines, huge, and loses the right to do business in New York after a judge rules in his fraud case, yes, there can still be an appeal, but that's where things stand right now. President Biden visited East Palestine over the weekend, and Donald Trump showed up there as well. Uh, and uh, coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, Dr. Linda Salvin is going to join us. She bills herself as a psychic. She will share her predictions for the future as she reads the future with her psychic abilities. But what I'm intrigued about the most is she has had a near-death experience, and I am always fascinated by people who have those experiences where they, 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 they literally die and go to the beyond and then come back. It's not unusual. It's not some kind of a, you know, science fiction stuff. It happens, um, and I'm intrigued by that. I was there too, Howard. I spent uh, almost a, a week. Uh, again, if you go to YouTube, there's many, many of them, and some are more believable than others. Absolutely, sure. But, you know, when you look at some of them were very, very convincing uh, the way they said it. And the first thing they say is, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. I know you're not going to believe me. I hope you do because I was there and, and we don't have anything to worry about. And kind of makes you feel good, Howard. What is interesting about these near-death experiences, and like you, at one point I did a pretty good study on them. Uh, I mean, had some guests on the show. I did a lot of reading and research. Uh, and it's, again, it's these are medical studies that are being done. Uh, what, what's most interesting is they all tell pretty much the same story. In other words, 
Now, the argument could be made. They heard somebody else talk about it. Therefore, they're telling that story. But I, I think they go through the same kind of experience. And I've heard a couple say they didn't want to come back. You know, they they, they were kind right. of disappointed. And, I, and I, I, one guy's story, I think it was a guy, he was kind of depressed. He, he felt that he, his journey wasn't complete. He didn't understand why he didn't go. Yeah. But then you also wonder, Howard, some of these people are under some really heavy drugs, mm-hmm. trauma, losing oxygen to the brain yep. and the heart. Is this? Are they hallucinating? I like to think that, no, they're not. Well, I suspect that some of them are, and I suspect some of them are making it up. I suspect that some of them have heard other people tell the story, and they're sort of their mind is... Co- but I also think that there's enough of this that goes on. Who was the guy? There was one guy in particular who studied this, a doctor. Anyways, enough of this goes on that I think there's something to it. I think that there are people, you know, your, your, your body shuts down. I'm going to use these words, and you don't have to believe from a religious point of view. Your soul goes somewhere, but then comes back. Um, I, I, I suspect that. That happens. I'm telling you, I spent a week on this, and there was a couple similar stories where family members also chimed in and said that their loved one had this look like they were looking at someone Mm -hmm. or something. They had a very pleasant look on their face, and then they pick up the story where it was a loved one or it was someone came to, to take them to their journey to heaven. And again, if you can't find that uplifting, then man, I got to check you for a pulse. You might've died and just not know it yet. You know, it's interesting though. Nobody, to the best of my knowledge, nobody has ever said, I saw a guy with a pitchfork, right? Yes. I don't believe I've ever heard any such thing. <laughs> it was really, really hot. Or purgatory. Isn't that where you're kind of like, well, you're yeah, like in the yeah, middle. Yeah. Don't know, really know yet. Yeah. Um, 304-214-1600, uh, free of stack text line. Free 304-232-8255, the Frio Stack uh, Auction Service Hotline. Mark would like to join us. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Howie. Hey, hey, Bobby, do you think if we got a GoFundMe started for Howie's haircut, we could get Jerry <laughs> to door dash him to a barber? I don't think that's going to be necessary. I, I think Nancy's going to be on him pretty good. I think Howard's going to get a haircut this week. You think yeah, I might? Uh, <laughs> uh, I like a homeless person. Oh, homeless. Hey, listen, I am I am a man happy in my own appearance, no matter what it is. That's the that's what I keep telling my wife. Hey, you don't like it? I'm a little slob, I know. I got my hair is a little long, I know. Now that, I don't comb my hair, I know. I'm okay with that. Now, I'm okay with that. Now that you mentioned it, Mark, when he carries that backpack of his, he kind of does look like homeless. <laughs> Well, the only thing is, he looks a little too well fed to be homeless. <laughs> hey. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're pretty good vittles around the tent. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, Howie. All right. Have you watched Biden's uh, speeches and stuff lately and his appearances? Yeah. You will vote for him. Don, over Donald Trump in a, mo- in, a in a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, I won't vote for either. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I well, you got to vote, vote for, for some. Well, you don't have to vote for nah, somebody, but if well, you don't vote, I'm, then you're letting somebody else do, take your vote for you. No. Uh, well, they they can have it because I'm not voting for either one of them. He just he looks. He really looks dazed. I think. I mean, honestly, do you not think he looks dazed and confused? No, I don't think he looks dazed and confused. I think he looks old. I think he is moving slowly. 
and I wish that somebody else was running. But there isn't a shot in hell that I would vote for Donald Trump over him. I will absolutely proudly vote for, Don, for Joe Biden if that's the only option I have. Absolutely. I'll vote for some third party or something. I can't. I can't do it. Okay. Well, one, just, just, just keep in mind when you do that, you will be then sending one or the other into, uh, uh, into the presidency. You know, you'll be throwing your vote Well, it's, uh, you just can't. He just is. I mean, I don't think he'll be lucky to make it to election. I don't believe. I don't. Uh, the, I don't way, the, the way the way he looks. Instead I of four more years, it'll be four more days. Four more days. <laughs> but I, there's there's uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't even consider uh, another option if there if if the two choices we have are are Biden and Trump. There's no question about it. I vote for for Joe Biden. No question. Not even. I mean, it's not even not even the ballpark. Well, like I said, I ain't. I will not vote for. I ain't voted you know, for president, the Democratic Republican for the last, uh, uh, the last three elections. Well, I mean, I, that's, can't do it. That's certainly your choice. It is my belief that when you do that, all you're doing is giving your vote to somebody else. But that's you know, you that's certainly your your option. No, that's that's not my. That's just my dissatisfaction with both candidates. It's, it's my. A protest. Well, it, it may be, but yeah. in but as a practical matter, you then lead, lead it to one of the uh, you you give that vote to one of the other persons, depending on who what candidate you vote for. I mean, I I get well, the listen. I get the sometimes, Mark. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I wish we had a none of the above that would be, but not just as as a protest statement that would literally mean no. You got to go back and give us more. I, I I might I might be in favor of that, but third party candidates are just all they are, are troublemakers, including uh, Joe Manchin. Well, I, don't, I, don't I think he would be a good choice. Who I think he would uh, Manchin. Yeah, you know. I really I, I do. For all the joking we did about it, I, I I think if he had really chosen to get into that, he might have. You know, he might have made a run for things. I think he might be one of the few people that if, if, if Biden, if we were not to have Biden as the nominee, uh, I think Manchin might have been one of the few people who has the nationwide name recognition to maybe uh, step into that position. But he says he's not going to do it. So. So there you go. Yeah, I understand. You know, it, it's the younger person's job. And it's just the 70 and 80 year old. <laughs> well, it's it, insane. Listen, and that's a, again, I want to be as clear. Given Joe Biden and Donald Trump, I am voting for Joe Biden, period. Having said that, I wish we had better choices. And having said that, yeah. somewhere along the way, we've got to stop putting old people in. I'm an old guy, but we've got to stop, you know, just recycling the old folks. We've got to start finding across this country. And I'm not just talking for president. I'm talking about for all the various offices. We need to start finding exactly, younger, exactly. you know, younger people. Uh, I'm not talking about, you know, 22-year-olds who have no experience, but I'm no. talking about somebody who's, who's you know, maybe under 70. Um, I, I do think uh, that. Someone, exactly. Someone who just signed up for AARP would be fine, you know? Right. Yeah, so, yeah that's actually that's a, that's a good way of looking at it. But, the, but here's the reality. I've said it for all the years I've been on the radio. When it comes down to picking the president or any other office, we only have choices between those given to us. We, we don't get a chance to pick the best of all candidates. We only get a choice to pick one of two or three or whatever. And given the choices we have, it isn't even close that uh, I couldn't, couldn't conceive of Donald Trump being back in office. Got to run, Mark. Appreciate your time. 
All right. Thank get you. a haircut. Get a haircut. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Do I really need a haircut? Well, Nancy said you need a haircut, Howard. You got to listen Nancy to her. Said, yes, your beard, you're looking a little shaggy. Unless that's the look you're going for, Howard. What's wrong with being shaggy? Nothing at all. But she said I, I look like this in the seventies. Well, then then let her. Don't get a haircut all summer. Go to the fall. Then. I'll be I'll, I'll be. But I think you might have a new address too, Howard. Eight twenty one on the Watchdog Morning Show. Phone calls available three zero four two three two eighty two fifty five. Text line open three zero four two one four sixteen hundred. A couple more trivia questions for Bob on the presidential front coming up. About twenty minutes or so, we'll talk to Stephen Adams about the presidency of Joe Manchin or lack thereof. It's all coming up on the Watchdog Morning Show. Save big money on Clearview Cabinetry. Clearview Cabinetry starts as a kitchen built for now and grows with you as life changes. It's flexible by design with full access cabinet construction. So you can go from doors to drawers for storage that works when you need it. Explore Clearview's cabinet options in store and on Menards.com and save big money today. Check out more of our great deals going on now at Menards. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. But with so many different solutions out there, it can be hard to know where to start. That's where Omni Strategic Technologies comes in. We're a technology support firm with a strong focus on cybersecurity. We have a team of local experts who can help you assess your risks, develop a plan, and implement the right tools to serve and protect your business. If you want to get serious about cybersecurity, choose Omni Strategic Technologies for the peace of mind knowing that your business is protected and prepared. What our children believe is just as important as what they know. In the Catholic schools of Ohio and Marshall counties, we believe faith, knowledge, discipline, and morals are more than just words. They are something unique that we practice in our classrooms every day. We challenge our students, not only academically, but in a way that enables them to grow into productive, faith-filled adults, an experience you can only find in a Catholic school. To find out more, call a Catholic school near you. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant with Bob Slider behind the board. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Twenty-four, twenty-four after the hour. Watchdog morning show on a cold morning. Going to warm up a bit. Forty-five for the uh, temperature for uh, the midday today. Phone lines open three zero four two three two eighty two fifty-five. Text line open Frio Stack Auction Service text line at three zero four two one four sixteen hundred. Off the text line, Howard. The Constitution does not say what the swearing-in must include. Most presidents choose a Bible. John Quincy Adam used a book of law. Teddy Roosevelt didn't use any book. Yes, I, I think maybe I said earlier swearing on the Bible. Um, most people do, but you don't have to. There is no requirement that you be sworn in on a Bible. That's absolutely correct. Uh, so I, yes, the texter is absolutely correct about that. 
Frio Stack Auction Service text line. Ooh, this is Bob, this might be one for you. Howard, can you name the last VP to die in office? I have no idea. Wow. VP. Yeah. No. I I I, I've, I think I, it's been a long time ago. Uh, do not know the answer. I, you I, know, I do know the answer to that. Okay, go for it. The answer is Gerald Ford. Uh, was Rockefeller? Wasn't? Uh, didn't he check out before, when he was vice president? We talked to uh, yeah, Tom yeah, Squatteri yeah, yeah, one yeah, time yeah, about that. About that. Yeah, thinking about it. Because there was a cover up. Some say that he was having a, an affair, but they made it look like he just had a heart attack. But I, I'm pretty sure. And then didn't did he die in office or had he not resigned? I think he died in then? office, and then I don't believe Ford filled it. I think Ford did not have a vice he, president. He, that's correct. That. If the texture, I have trivia questions here, which I'm going to ask Bob in a minute, and um, and I have the answers because I have these trivia questions here. Uh, the texture, I don't know. I I do not know who was the last VP to die in office. If if you know, uh, respond and let me know. 304-214-1600, 304-232-8255. Let's go to the Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline, and let's talk to Kermit. Good morning. How you doing there, Howard? Good. It, Bob is correct. It was Nelson Rockefeller. He was Gerald Ford's vice president. And he Nelson died? Nelson died. I should, rem- I should remember this. He died in office. Okay. Yeah. and uh, Well, you remember it was a turbulent time. That was when Vietnam was shutting down. Oh, yeah. All, all the crazy stuff was going on. But Nelson died in New York City in a hotel room with some woman. There were mysterious, yeah, I'll call mysterious, unusual circumstances. Did they move the body, Kermit? What's, what's that? Did they move the body? Well, they, yeah, it was, it was a lot of cover-up going on, but or, uh, Rockefeller's wife's name was Happy. I grew up in Jersey, so we, we got on the New York uh, TV station. <laughs> okay. It was a big deal. But uh, yeah, he uh, yeah, <laughs> they try to say he died alone, but he there was a woman with him when he died. Okay, um, so. I, I, okay, I, I I do remember that there was scandal about that. Um, for some reason, I was thinking he was out of office, but again, that's I'm I, I I'm perfectly willing to be corrected on that. So no, no, I mean, but like I said, I remember because we grew up. Here. No, 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 just hold on a second. I did it. I, I sure. listen. I I will trust you because you grew you grew up in that area, but. Um, from the internet nelson rockefeller was retired from politics when he died it says here maybe he was his running mate was was that it maybe we got it halfway right and not the whole way no gerald ford was the president nelson was appointed vice president and he died in office in 75 i think i think now looking back i think this is the way it shook out ford was nixon's Vice president. He became president. There was no vice president. Ford no. ran for re-election. He put Nelson Rockefeller on the ticket, and I think that's when he died. Well, the reason why Ford was vice president was, or president because Sparrow Agnew got thrown out of office. Correct. He was a good, right, and then Gerald moved up because of the way that it works. Like, but I'm I'm saying that Nelson Rockefeller was vice president under Gerald Ford. Okay. All right. Again, I can't I, remember. I, right? I, can't, I can't remember either, so I, I can't argue with it. I, I can tell you that I'm reading a, an article here that says Nelson Rockefeller retired and then died two years after he retired from politics. But you, well, I, I'm, I'm, the, happy to, I'm happy to, 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 to say that sure. you, oh, you, yeah. you know I more about it than wrong, I do because I don't know anything so. about it. But, you know, I mean, I'm just saying I remember it. And like I said, John Lindsay was the, the mayor of uh, 
New York City at the time. I like but that anyway, answer. that was my trivia question. I got gotcha. you. I thought it was a, a good one. It All is. Right? I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and then I think after Rockefeller died, then he took Bob Dole and said, okay, he's on the ticket with me. I think I think that's the way it played out, but uh, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't bet on it. I'm looking here again. Uh, the prob- he was in, uh, I lost it, in office – uh, as vice president until 1977, and then I don't know. I I, I don't know. The, the story I'm looking at here on the internet is just different than what Kermit's telling us. I, I just and I should know better. I, my, my I should have this story down, and I don't. So I feel bad because I I we'll try to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, we'll do. I'll I'll do a little more digging. I'll try and get a couple more sources. I'm looking at one particular source right here. Let's see a couple of quick questions for you, sir. I'm ready. This vice president again, I should have known this, and I would have probably gotten it eventually. Who served as vice president during George H.W. Bush's presidency? Uh, the guy that pointed the finger at uh, Murphy Brown, young guy. Correct. Dan Quayle. Correct. I served with John Kennedy. You, sir. you sir, are no John Kennedy. <laughs> and you're a goof to boot. I, I did not know that right off the bat, but I would have gotten that if I had time to think about it. Uh, this is an interesting one. Who's the first woman in history to run for president? Well, you might have a trick question because I, I remember the answer is Shirley Chisholm. Yeah. But Geraldine Ferraro is probably the, the no, correct. No, Geraldine Ferraro is the one I would have thought. No. Victoria Woodall ran in 1872. Ah, before Shirley Chisholm. She was a part of the women's suffragette movement. Could she vote for herself back then? Uh, no, probably not. She probably, <laughs> probably not. This is another trick question. Now, you may be able to get this. What's the maximum number of years a president can serve in office? Eleven. Not quite. Ten. Eight elected. And if you are less than two, ah, so there's a rule there. There is a uh, after the Twenty uh, Second Amendment was approved, was was ratified. You can serve. You can fill out somebody else's term, as long as it's less than two years. Well, we learned something there this morning, and Howard. then eight years on top of that. So you could conceivably run for have be president for ten years. All right, dude, I didn't do so good. Nah, well, you didn't do too bad. Uh, who's the only president to serve longer than two four-year terms? That would be FDR. Yeah, FDR, absolutely. Let me see. Did anything else here that I marked? I thought was interesting. Uh, guess that's. I'll pick up. I'll pick some more of these up for later in the morning. All right. It is. Um, what time is it? Uh, Steve Adams' note just cro- covered up my computer screen. Eight thirty-one, twenty-one to the uh, twenty-nine to the hour here on the uh, Watchdog Morning Show. Stephen Adams coming up in the next segment. We'll talk, among other things, about uh, Manchin's announcement that he is not running for re-election. And then we'll talk about a few other things happening down in Charleston. That's coming up here on the Watchdog Morning Show. But right now, let's go to the news desk of WTRF-TV. And for that, Rebecca Little. Good morning. I'm Rebecca Little with your 7 News headlines for this Monday, February 19th. If you're waiting for mail or packages today, you might need to hold on for an extra day. The USPS is taking a break for President's Day. No mail delivery, caller service, or post office box service for you. But don't worry, everything will be back to normal tomorrow. And on the bright side, UPS and FedEx are still up and running. UPS is open and shipping as usual, and FedEx is open too, 
although FedEx Express and Ground Economy Services are a bit different for the day. And 7 News is your local election headquarters. Ohio's primary elections are just around the corner on March 19th. If you need to register or update your information, make sure to do it by tomorrow. Early voting starts the very next day on February 21st. If you're thinking about an absentee ballot, you can request one until March the 12th. And looking across the Mountain State, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin has officially announced that he won't be making a third-party run for the presidency. Speaking at WVU, he made it clear that his focus is on supporting a president who can unite the country. His decision has caught the attention of many, as some believed a Manchin run could have impacted President Biden's vote count. Manchin has 10 months left in his U.S. Senate term, having decided not to seek re-election to that post. And if you're driving through Brook County on Beals Ridge in Bethany, crews will be doing some tree trimming work from Wednesday through Friday, March 29th. The work hours are from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. and during this time, one lane will be closed. There will be flaggers on site to help manage the traffic, but it's a good idea to slow down and be prepared for some delays. And remember, the schedule might change if the weather turns bad or if there are other unexpected events. That was a look at your 7 News headlines. I'm Rebecca Little. Have a marvelous Monday, Ohio Valley. A great weekend for the Mountaineer women's basketball team and an intriguing week coming their way. Hi everybody, I'm Tony Caridi. That story coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Kroger always gives you savings and rewards on top of our lower than low prices. And when you download the Kroger app, you can enjoy over $500 in savings every week with digital coupons. Plus, you can earn fuel points to save up to $1 per gallon at the pump. And with a Boost membership, you'll save even more with double fuel points and free delivery. So you can always save big every day with our savings and rewards. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What a weekend for the WVU women's basketball team. First-year head coach Mark Kellogg and the WVU Mountaineers rolling to an impressive victory over first-place Oklahoma before a crowd of over 4,000 at the Coliseum. The win for West Virginia advances its record to 11-3 in conference play. They are now 22-3 overall. For Oklahoma, just its second league loss of the season. It was a classic basketball game, back and forth action. West Virginia got behind early, but battled back, and by the end of the first quarter, the game was tied, and it was tight the rest of the way. West Virginia's largest lead the entire game was seven, and that came with 28 seconds to play. Oklahoma, on the other side, its biggest lead came at eight points. That was back in the first quarter. 
West Virginia did it with balance. Four in double figures. J.J. Quinterly once again leading the way with 18 points. So what does that all mean? Well, it sets up an intriguing showdown because West Virginia is now in a three-way tie for second place. Oklahoma's still in first. And the team that West Virginia is tied with, Kansas State, just happens to be the Mountaineers' next opponent. They'll meet the Wildcats coming up on Wednesday in Manhattan. Kansas State is currently number seven in the nation. It's been an interesting season for the Mountaineers, and now a very intriguing stretch run is coming up. That is today's Mountaineer Report. is brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Bring the whole posse for a weekend of Nailers hockey. On Saturday, the 24th, it's country night. See national recording star Jason Michael Carroll in concert after the game, presented by Generations. Before then, it's Frosty Friday and $2 beers, both games 7-10. Finish with screen time Sunday and post-game skate. Puck drops 4-10. A great weekend of hockey featuring Wheeling Nailers country night and Jason Michael Carroll. Call 304-234-GOAL or go to wheelingnailers.com. Yeehaw! Judge Ron Wilson was born and raised his family here in West Virginia. He is the most experienced judge in our mountain state. During his years serving the citizens of Hancock, Brook, and Ohio counties, Judge Wilson was selected to sit on the Supreme Court, was voted Judge of the Year, and was selected in 2023 for judicial excellence. Let's keep Judge Ron Wilson. I'm Judge Ron Wilson, and I respectfully ask for your vote. Paid for by the committee to keep Ron Wilson judge. The coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. It's 8.39, 21 to the hour. Watchdog Morning Show for a Monday morning, and it's a cold Monday morning. 23 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 22 at the Highlands. We're up to 20 in my backyard in Elm Grove and 21 here at the Watchdog Radio Network Studios. We're going to get up to around 45 today, but again, it is cold outside. If you have not yet gone out this morning, A, bundle up. B, certainly speaking from my experience, uh, there was frost on the windshield this morning. You might want to give yourself time to either warm the car up and let it defrost that way or else go out and give it a little scrape. Now, maybe because the sun is up now, it might not be quite as bad, but it was uh, it was pretty pretty good frost this morning when I got up, Bob. Uh, it was, Howard. And we're going to see, uh, did I say we're going to have a high day of 45, but into the 50s for most of the rest of the week, so that's all pretty good. We are, uh, it's President's Day, and so we've been we've been playing around with uh, presidential trivia, and, and uh, I've had good luck because, well, frankly... I have the questions and the answers here, and I'll have some more for you, Bob, coming up in a minute or two. But we're kinda, we kind of got stuck here with a question from one of our listeners. Who was the last vice president to die in office? Bob came up with Nelson Rockefeller, and the caller who asked the question said he thought that was right. But I think the more we're looking at it, again, I feel terrible because I, I was alive during this period of time. I should know this. It, Nelson Rockefeller was out of office in 1977 and died in 79. Right. So and he did not. Now, 
so he did not die in office. I believe that's correct, and I've looked at three or four different sources here. I think you have too, so that seems to be, that seems to be the case. Um, seems like he retired from politics but not running around on his wife, Howard. Apparently so. Again, the, the, now the second part of that story is there was a whole big deal about how he died and where he died and what was going on. Uh, and several of you have now responded on the Frio Stack auction service text Thank line. Thank you. Concurring with us as I well. I messed it up. There you go. I appreciate that. Let's go. To, how about Stephen Adams would have known that right away. Stephen Adams, good historian, good reporter, good journalist, all-around smart guy. He would have known that, that Nelson Rockefeller did not die in office. You would have known that, right, Stephen? I mean, I would have known that because I, I can't recall – any news stories about Nelson Rockefeller having died uh, in office, but uh, I assumed that uh, he had got the boot the same time that uh, Gerald Ford got the boot. But. Yeah, he, he was out of office in 77, um, and then he died in 79, I think. So we're, we're okay with that. All, right, All I know is John Adams was the first vice president, and he said it's the most. Uh, and I'm paraphrasing here; it's not the exact quote, but he enough that says it's the most useless office ever created by man. <laughs> and it continues that way to today, right? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> in in many ways. Well, I know one guy. We've been talking about the list of the most popular presidents in history. We've been talking about a different list of the. Uh, the the best presidents as historians and biographers have chosen them. I know one guy who apparently is not going to be on the best presidents list. I guess that's Joe Manchin, huh? No, no, he he is not. He finally made the official call. Did it with national press, notably. I know he's going to be on Hoppy today, um, but did it with national press and uh, the, the the I guess the West Virginia press are just kind of. Uh, afterthoughts here so we all ran the ap story but yep he's out um something that i i kind of figured he'd come to that conclusion at some point uh and decide he's out and, and there's a lot of repercussions down the road for that because you know this probably would have been the best year and it might still be the best year for a third party candidate for president and by best year i don't mean that they'll win but mm -hmm. i do think that they probably have the best uh, those type of candidates probably have more better opportunity this election to get a, more of a share of the vote than probably since i would say ross perot in 92 um so this would have been an interesting year for him to go ahead and try that and it really puts no labels in a bind because you've got mansion that's out you got Larry Hogan that not only is out but left the no-labels board. Now he's running for U.S. Senate in Maryland. Um, and I have to imagine I think their next go-to is probably Mitt Romney. But Mitt Romney's ran for president twice. So right. on, a, on a major uh, presidential party ticket, uh, I can't imagine he wants to go through that again uh, with even less of a chance of actually – uh, getting the cut. So Manchin leaves a big hole, and I, 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 I hate to tell people, I think the choices might be between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Uh, yeah, we were just talking about that earlier. I, you know, I, I, this is, you know, I don't expect you to, to offer your thoughts, but given a choice between Biden and Trump, I will vote for Biden. I think Biden is not the best candidate. I think there's a lot of potential problems with him, but I can't put Donald Trump in office, and I just want to cry sometimes when these are the two choices that we have. But elections are choices. You know, I often say that. Elections are not going out and finding the best person. Hey, I think I'd like to vote for Bob Slider. Elections are choices. We end up with two or three or whatever number of people 
presented to us, and we got to we got to you know do any meeny miny mo, and so so we end up with that. To your first first point, by the way, Senator Manchin was scheduled on this show on this show on Friday, and then Thursday night I got a note saying, oh, he's got some other things to do and he won't be able to make it on Friday. Oh wow! I guess now I know. <laughs> Now I, know, I guess now I know what the other things were. He was going to tell other people about his uh, his decision and and not us. So uh, that is. But I have to imagine if I can break in, I have to imagine it's I, I'm, embarrassing might not be the right word, but I mean this this is in, in Manchin's defense a little bit. This is a weird, awkward time for him because I mean he's already announced he's retired from the U.S. Senate. That had to be hard, not necessarily because he wants to be U.S. senator. He's been on the record many times saying the Senate, quote, sucks, unquote. Yes. Uh, and he's not happy with the current environment now, particularly in light of uh, all the back and forth on this national security supplemental. Though at one point had a, a pretty robust border security uh, uh, provisions in it negotiated bipartisanly. And then because Trump stepped in and then Republicans in the House basically said it was dead on arrival, then they stripped it out. And now it's just dealing with funding for Israel and Ukraine and Taiwan. And they send it over, and then the House gets mad that it doesn't have a border provision in it um, or or, or stronger border provision, and they're saying that's dead on arrival. And I don't blame Manchin for not being enthused about going back, but on the flip side of that, I mean, this is an elected official who has enjoyed a lot of success in West Virginia. And to be the the, the retired basically looking at the lay of the land in the 2024 and realizing you might not win this next election with uh, as far red as West Virginia has gone. That's got to be hard. So I don't blame him for not really wanting to immediately talk with West Virginia media about this because it's got to be embarrassing. I am. But but and actually using a little bit of of the the fact that he was scheduled on this show on Friday and canceled out uh, on Thursday night. And again, I don't hold that against him. I, I, these things happen. Not a problem. I, I get that. Um, it almost says to me that it was a sudden decision, though. That yeah, I think you. I think you might be onto something there. And Mansion is kind of notorious for these sudden decisions. You know, there was at least a period in 2020 where he had flirted with the idea of dropping and leaving the U.S. Senate and running for governor, for governor. again. Yeah. And that's a, that's a decision. I was at that press conference where he literally didn't make that decision until literally the morning of calling that press conference over at the West Virginia Lottery Building. And so he's Manchin's kind of known for these last-minute uh, decisions. So he just kind of begs the question, what does he do now? Well, I, and that was my next question to you. We are obviously just wildly speculating here, at least I assume so. I don't know that you have any inside info. I can tell you I don't. What does he do now? Yeah, I don't have any inside information either. I I still have a theory, and it's based on no evidence whatsoever. So everyone bear with bear that in the in the mind. But I think that there's at least one avenue that's available to him if he would take it, and it's going to depend on what happens between now and the primary, particularly between Jim Justice and Alex Mooney, and particularly with what happens with uh, some of these issues with Jim Justice's businesses, which it seems like those auctioning of the the uh, Greenbrier Sporting Club properties is on hold for the moment. But I think there's a possibility he could do what the, some senators have done, Joe Lieberman being an example, uh, of coming back, doing a write-in independent campaign, getting on the ballot, and hmm. going ahead and making another run on it. Because there is polling to show that 
uh, if Justice is the nominee and if Manchin were to run as an independent, uh, it might be more competitive than him having a D by his name. So will he do that? I have absolutely no idea. But that is an avenue that's open to him. I just have a difficult time picturing Joe Manchin doing, well, nothing. I mean, I just, you know, I've I've known him a long time, and as long as I've known him, he has been active some way or another in politics, and I just, it's hard for me to conceive that he's going to, you know, pull a Jay Rockefeller, I guess, and go home, you know, and just, just, I don't know. It just, it just seems, it seems strange to me. You might know this better than I would. There is no filing deadline for an independent candidate. I mean, he could just choose to be an independent candidate at any point. I would have to look. I know that there is, uh, I, I think, a signature campaign that you've got to do yeah, in order to right. get that's on the general election ballot. So I would presume that there probably would be a deadline of some sort, but offhand, I'm not sure what that would be. Um, but that is something similar to, again, what Joe Lieberman tried for U.S. Senate mm-hmm. and actually was successful because he, he won, lost yeah. his primary. Yeah. Right. Uh, uh, as a Democrat, came back as a as an independent one. Well, that's that's a good point, Stephen. Um, Bob, we take, need to take a break. I need to take a real quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you about a story that uh, was in the paper this weekend. Uh, you did a deep dive on gas tax concerns and property taxes and all that kind of stuff. And let me tell you that I'm just an idiot because I still can't figure it out. So maybe you can help me. <laughs> maybe you can help me understand it when we come back. Is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. 8.50, 10 to the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. I'm Deepak Huda. I am from originally India. I am director of the Structural Heart Program as well as Cardiac Cat Lab at Wheeling Hospital. Our main clinic is obviously here at Wheeling Hospital, WU Medicine. We also have satellite clinics, we call it, the Upper the Highlands. Then we have clinic at the Wheeling Clinic, which is in downtown Wheeling, and Martins Ferry. And then we also have clinic at St. well. So we try to go where the patients are or to make it most convenient for them. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery powered tools from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real steel. Find yours at steelusa.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. Hey, all you Wheeling Central fans, the Fahey Levitt Agency is just like you. They support the Knights, too. They are also proud to live in Wheeling, where they help families like yours with auto, home, business, farm, life, and retirement. Don't drop the ball. Get the professional coaching you need to win at life. Give the Fahey Levitt Agency a call today at 304-242-8840. And go Knights! conversations you care about with people you know this is the watchdog morning show with howard monroe on wkkx and wvly brought to you by wvu medicine we get it almost every night and when that moon gets a Everybody was dancing in the moonlight. 
It's 8 before the hour, Watchdog Morning Show. Stephen Adams from the Ogden newspaper chain is with us here this morning. Stephen did a, a, a deep dive piece. You could have read, read it in the Intel, read it online at Intelligent.net on natural gas valuations in West Virginia and some problems that have cropped up. And this actually isn't the first year, but they seem to be, sounds to me like it's getting worse. Stephen, I read your piece. Well written. I'm sure you did your darn best. But just a dunderhead like me, I'm still trying to figure out what it's all about. <laughs> well, don't ask me to explain the particulars of the formula because that goes beyond my expertise. This has been something that uh, we've been tackling with in the state since 2019, since the state Supreme Court basically told the tax division at that time that the way that you're valuing properties that produce natural gas, natural gas liquids, uh, oil, is unconstitutional. The way you're doing it is not appropriate. So the legislature came back twice, two years in a row, to pass bills to set up a formula for the tax division. First time they tried to do this, the tax division came up with their own rule and decided that they were going to do it a way they wanted to, which was not the way the legislature wanted them to. So then they came back, passed another bill to make it very clear, this is how we want you to do this. And, well, now we are seeing how the tax division implements this sort of stuff, and it's not been good. You know, and if you recall last year, uh, you had a bunch of people getting these uh, valuation letters. And just to be very clear, for listeners that don't have natural gas-producing property, you would think, okay, yell at the assessors. Dirty secret is the county assessors really don't have a role to really play in this because when it comes to natural gas, Property tax assessments, that all comes from the state tax division, does not come from your county assessor. All they do is basically kind of act as a, not even a middleman, sort of the end, uh, end of that process. And the way it's been implemented by the tax division has been really bad. They put, they've given wrong data uh, to uh, property owners. They have given uh, letters showing very much large, large valuations, which has kind of scared taxpayers. They've inundated yeah. county uh, you know, assessors and tax division people with phone calls. Uh, and that was just last year, by the way. And then there's been a bunch of, like, oh, uh, appeals of those decisions that are still pending. Um, just real quick, this year, now the problem is the money that they are – saying these wells are worth, apparently they got wrong again, and you have a situation where counties are actually being shorted millions, and some counties, millions of dollars that they should have gotten because of wrong information that the tax division put up that they say is a clerical error. Some don't think it is. Some think this was kind of negligence on the tax division's part. And here we are again this year. And, and it, this affects thousands and thousands of people, right? It does, because here's the thing, talking about this year, uh, when you – with the mistake that was made by the tax division for these valuations using this formula, uh, these you know, all went out to natural gas companies, individuals, people that have first-time producing wells uh, that got these notices, and – got these new valuations based on these notices, and then it turns out that those are wrong. So what has to happen now, in fact, the tax division is meeting with counties. Uh, they were doing it last week or doing it this week to give out the proper valuations for the assessors, then to go back to those taxpayers and give them the actual now real assessment 
of those properties. Well, some of those taxpayers are going to write a check, especially if they're a gas company, and just probably pay it. Some are not going to do that. They're going to appeal, which right. is their right to do. The point being, a county like Tyler County that took the biggest hit, $15.8 million, that's, that they did not get because the tax division sent out the wrong valuations. That's a, that's a lot of money. Never, that, that's a lot of money for any county, let alone Tyler County. Some of those taxpayers are going to appeal that, and they'll never see that full 15.8 million again. So it's really been a fiasco. And the 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 county commissioners are the one who act as board of appeals. Am I right about that? That's right. That's exactly right. And that's who tax division officials are meeting with this week and kind of giving them. I don't. I guess ultimatum might be the right word, but uh, they are having them sign, uh, fill, uh, basically approve these applications to go forward with trying to basically get the right assessments in the hands of these taxpayers and try to get as much of that uh, money that they should have gotten, the county should have gotten in the first place. They're trying to go back and do that now. But some of these counties are just going to eat it. In fact, some of the counties can, you know, with the counties that got like smaller amounts, Pleasant County, my home county, it only got uh, hit for $110,000. Yeah. That's going to hurt, but they can eat that. Tyler County, I don't know what they're going to do. It looks like they may eat it, but I also hear rumors through my sources that says that Tyler County may file suit uh, against the state over how this all was handled. Well, and I think they're waiting to see that, the legislature. That's part of what complicates this whole thing, too. There are actually some private suits that are being brought on this issue of valuations, too, right? There have been the last couple of years. I think one of the big ones is uh, the Sonda family uh, uh, that has filed suit a couple times on some of these uh, bills, especially uh, on this formula. And I think that's still working its way through its court system. That's one of the things that the, the legislature has kind of dealt with this week. And there's a bill today uh, that would take a sunset uh, provision for that formula that would require the legislature to come back in 2025 or really before 2025, and come up with a new formula. Basically, the whole point is to see if this formula has done what it's supposed to do, which is provide a level of fairness for all taxpayers, particularly those that have natural gas-producing properties. And the companies want the sunset provision to go away. They want this to be the formula going forward. Understandable, because they want to be able to have predictability. Right. But I'm here to tell you, with some of these lawsuits and the way this has been handled by the tax division, I fully predict this, the Supreme Court is going to come back again and tell the legislature to go back to the drawing board on this formula. Well, you'll keep on top of this. This is a story that's uh, complicated and developing and and. Uh and in this area, it has a lot of impact because a lot of people up here have, uh, you know, a gas, uh, gas property. Stephen, i got to run. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll, uh, check, I'll check in with you later this week on what's going on down in the legislature. We didn't get a chance to talk about that, but a good conversation today. I'll uh, be watching for you in the Intelligencer, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Great. Thanks, Howard. Stephen Adams, Ogden Newspaper Chain, here on the Watchdog Morning Show, where it's 9 o'clock. Everybody.